Okay. Well, I um, thought we could uh, start off with kind of a call to worship uh, in unison from the uh, 89th Psalm. It's verses 5 and then 11 through 13. Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of your holy ones. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all that is in it, you have found them. The north and the south, you created them. Tabor and Hermon joyously praise your name. You have mighty arm, strong is your hand, high your right hand. Let me pray. Father, indeed, you are uh, strong and you have created all things. And uh, the heaven is yours and the earth is yours. The world and all that is in it, you founded them, Lord. We rejoice in knowing that you are the creator and that your mighty hand that created it also continues to sustain it. Lord, you are worthy of our praise and we rejoice in knowing who you are. We rejoice today in knowing that you uh, are even uh, delighted to have us come into your presence. You seek us to come and to worship you. And so, Lord, this morning as we come to worship you, we pray that it would bring honor and glory and delight to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, <clears throat> we're going to try to sing together the first the first hour it sounded like a solo from me, so uh, let's see if we can do a little better. Uh, this is my father's world. This is my father's world, and to my listening ears, all nature sings and round me rings the music of the this is my father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. His hand the wonders This is my father's world. The birds The morning light, the lily white, declares their maker's praise. This is my Father's world, He shines in all that's fair, in the rustling grass I hear Him pass.
So from uh, Deuteronomy, or excuse me, from Daniel chapter 9, um, Daniel's been reading uh, the book of Jeremiah, and he knows that the, uh, that the uh, captivity in Babylon is coming to a close because of what he's read from uh, the book of Jeremiah. And he knows that it is a covenantal thing, and that in the covenant, when, he, when uh, the Lord was making the covenant with Israel and told them that this captivity was going to come if they were disobedient, that uh, after a period of times of rest, uh, and that the land could rest, he would return the people to their land. But also in that he talks about the people needing to confess their sins to the Lord. And so that's what Daniel's doing here. He's confessing his sins to uh, the people to the Lord and um, in looking for the Lord's fulfillment of his promises for them to return. And so this morning, kind of in a way of us... Uh, uh, in time of confession, we're just going to hear Daniel's prayer of confession and then a time to confess uh, silently on our own. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name or uh, to, to our kings, or our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah and the people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O oh Lord, we and our kings, our princes, our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept uh, the, the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and have turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses in... Uh, Therefore, the, the uh, curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and uh, against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster. Under the whole uh, heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Amen. If uh, just as Daniel could know that God would forgive him, um, we can know that God forgives us too. Not on the basis of our prayers for forgiveness, but on the basis of the work of Christ. And we read of our assurance of forgiveness from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where we read, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Well, we need to pray, um, pray about a world that uh, seems to be in a great deal of chaos, the world's gone crazy. Uh, pray not only for uh, the, the physical health of the people in our land, our congregation, and, and even the world, but also pray for, um, uh, pray for the economic uh, stability, because it, it, this could be something that's gone crazy there too. 
pray for Dot. Um, Dot, of course, you know, is in the hospital down in Keller, and uh, but she is still texting. She texted, texted Mike before we were done here with some ideas about this morning. So, uh, so she's still on that. Also, play, pray for Jean Tut, who had a little fall. Um, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or Friday, and uh, uh, you know, being in a facility like that. They don't let anybody in, and they, they actually moved down there to be near Leanne, their daughter. And uh, but they, I understand they did make an exception and let Leanne to see, let Leanne in to see her a little bit. So let's pray. Father, you know what is going on in our world today. You know the chaos and the uncertainty. Uh, you know the rapid change of things that are that are going on right now, and where where we will hear one thing, uh, one hour, and the next hour the, the news has changed. There's something else new uh, uh, about this, or some new uh, quarantine, some new uh, way that we're we're reacting to this or responding to this thing. Lord, uh, we look at it and and uh, it was something that has come on us by surprise. It was something that. Um, we didn't know could happen to humans. Um, and the, the, the medical profession seemed completely unprepared for it. We were unaware. Lord, you were not. Um, you have always been prepared for it. Uh, you know exactly what's going on, and you are sovereign over it. You are all-powerful over it. And so we pray this morning, Lord, uh, especially for those who have uh, contacted this uh, virus, that uh, the, we think of the ill effects that is causing many of the deaths that have happened in the, the mourning of the families of those who have died. We know, uh, Lord, there are still uh, many in our world and in our nation who still have this disease uh, today and are suffering with it. Uh, Lord, there seems to be some promising uh, things uh, with some medicine uh, to, to help bring a speedy recovery of these things. So, Lord, we, we pray that uh, you would guide those in the medical profession, but I pray that they would be looking to you, knowing that ultimately you're the one who's in control and in charge. You're the only sovereign one over all of this. But, Lord, we do pray that you would, you would bring a speedy resolution to this and that, uh, that, the, that the fear... Uh, the contact of this virus would subside and that uh, it would be um, gotten under control quickly. Uh, Lord, we pray as well for those who are suffering in, in other ways because of it. We think of the economic um, problems that have been caused by it. We see the, the uh, markets crash, but more than that, Lord, we see um, small businesses having to close their doors and knowing that... Uh, that if they don't have a source of income soon, uh, that they're going to have to close those stores and they'll be completely out of work with no means of, of uh, uh, sources of income. Uh, Lord, this, if this happens more and more and the longer it goes on, the more uh, devastating it will be to uh, our economy, to our way of life. Lord, you know these things as well. And so we pray that you would oversee it, that you would, again, bring a speedy resolution to that. Or pray, Lord, that um, as we see, especially your people uh, today, as we see all the issues and the chaos and the craziness going on, that your people uh, around this nation, and certainly from our congregation, would be turning to you, 
looking to you and seeking you for uh, guidance in this whole issue, seeking you to bring uh, resolution to it. Um, Lord, we do pray for others who have needs in our congregation. We pray especially this morning for Dot. Uh, who's just gone into the hospital again with, with pneumonia. Uh, several times in this last year, she's been in the hospital with pneumonia. Pray, Lord, that you would strengthen her body and that, uh, that you would be able to get her out and get her back home soon and that, uh, that you would stop the, that you would help her body to be strengthened so that the, the return of this pneumonia would stop and that she would get completely well. Pray for Jean and for Harold, and especially now that Jean has fallen and had some uh, damage done. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to encourage them. Uh, help them and remind them of your, your continual presence with them and your continual love for them. I pray for, for uh, Leanne and uh, for, for the rest of the family as they're concerned about their mom and dad there in the nursing home. pray, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you never leave, never forsake them. Lord, I pray that uh, you would remind each of us as we're kind of hunkered down in our homes uh, for days and weeks to come, that you would remind us over and over again of your sovereignty and your goodness, and reminding us that you are working all things together for good to those who love you and called according to your purposes. Lord, I pray this morning, once again, as we continue to uh, seek your face and to understand um, just who you are in, 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 in light of all that's going on in the world today. We pray, Lord, that you would remind us that you are in control. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 24. Very familiar passage, even if you didn't know it was Psalm 24. I'm familiar with the first couple of verses anyway, probably with the whole, whole chapter, but we're just going to look at the first two verses quickly. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. He founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Um, I'm sure you guys have been in a store before and seen a child who was acting a little bit uh, out of line, or maybe a lot out of line. And you see the parents there, and the, the, you know, the, the child is being so annoying and so loud that it's bothering everyone around, and, and you can't get far enough away. You can still hear what's going on. And the parents just seem to be oblivious to it, just going, let the child do and run and scream and yell and bother everybody in there as much as they want. And the parents aren't doing anything, and you think, why don't you get in control of your child? If you can't get control, give it to me for a few weeks and I'll straighten him out, right? Well, this morning as we look at the world, we, there's a lot going on and we think, this is, this is chaotic. Um, it seems, everything seems out of control. And yet, we've just seen from Psalm 24 that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It is the Lord's, the earth is the Lord's. And it seems to us that it's out of control. And so maybe our question to God is, um, why, why, why don't you have control here? Why all the chaos here? God, can't you get control of it? Maybe we even think we could do a better job. 
we should know better, but there's, there's really, I guess, three or four things I want us to, to consider as we think about this this morning. We think about what Psalm 24 here says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and we look at it and it seems to be chaotic. Um, the first thing that I want us to remember is that God is in control. Um, remember when uh, in Daniel, Daniel's just come to Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream, and um, in his in his dream, you know, uh, Daniel comes in to interpret it to him. Daniel sees the interpretation. He doesn't want to give him the inter interpretation of it. He says, you know, just turn to the Lord and it's going to be all right. And he says, I wish this were not your dream and somebody else's. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar seems to kind of forget that. And a little bit later he goes out and he's looking at all the beauty of Babylon. And says, look at this wonderful Babylon that I've built. And God drives him crazy he goes out and eats grass he acts like cattle grows his hair real long like feathers and his fingernails grow out like talons of a bird and stuff and then finally the lord brings him back to his senses and when he does it's interesting here that we have a pagan king writing in holy scripture for us and we find it in daniel chapter 4 uh, beginning verse 34 at the end of that time i nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High, and I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth uh, are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples on earth. No one can hold back His hand or say to Him, What have you done? Nebuchadnezzar recognizes who's in control and recognizes that even though this may have seemed like a crazy situation, even that God was in control of. Um, the psalmist in Psalm 115 reminds us of this. Psalm 115.3 Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases Him. Um, God was in control those days and He is still in control today. And the second thing I want us to know, not only is God in control, he's in control of all this. We might not understand all that's going on, but he is in control of it, and it's good. I want us to understand that his ways are not our ways. Um, Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 55. Verses 8 and 9. It says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, Declares the Lord, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Oh, we think um, God just let me have control of it for a little while, and I get it all straightened out. Uh, wrong. Um, God is in control, and and His ways are better than our ways. His ways are good and right. And uh, which would be the third thing is that uh, his ways are not our ways, but that his ways are always good and right. We think of the life of Joseph and how his brothers sell him into slavery, he becomes a slave for Potiphar, becomes the, the top slave in all of his household and manages everything for Potiphar. Then his wife tries to seduce him. He gets thrown in jail because of it, because he's trying to do what's right and, and he rejects uh, uh, her, her seductions. And he gets thrown in jail, and while he's in jail, um, these guys, he interprets their dreams, and when, it says, when the dreams come true and you get out, tell the authorities that I interpret your dreams, they forget to do that, so he has to stay in jail for a while. 
Later on, we know what happens. He does get out and he interprets the dream for uh, Pharaoh, and, and uh, Pharaoh makes him second in command in all, all the land. And then we see what God does as a result of that. And then when uh, he, he brings all of his family during a, a massive uh, uh, famine, he brings all of his family into Egypt and they're safe because of, the, because of what the Lord has done through Joseph to, to have plenty in this time of famine. And so all the people are saved as a result of it. Well, when uh, um, Jacob dies and the other brothers come to Joseph and they're afraid he's going to get back at them and kill them. And uh, you remember what Joseph said. He says, you know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. All this time, I'm, I'm not sure, Joseph, there are bound to have been times when Joseph must have wondered about what's going on, whether God's really still in control. And if he is, why in the world is this happening? But now, here at the end of his life, he says, God has planned this for the salvation of many. To see what God had done in that um, was good and right in the midst of all of that which seemed out of control. Uh, Joseph sees it's good and right. We can also see this in the life of Jesus. It's an amazing thing. He comes and he gets his disciples and they're just convinced that he truly is the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. He's the king come to set up his new kingdom. And so this is the good news. The good news of the kingdom of God has come and the king, Jesus, has come. And now all of a sudden they see him hanging on a cross and dying. And they must be thinking, Something's out of control here. Something is not right. And then an amazing thing, after three days, and this is still to them a little confusing, uh, the tomb is empty, and they find the empty tomb, and the women are saying he's been risen. And, and so he meets with some of his, his disciples on the road to Emmaus, and then he meets with the twelve later in the room. And he says he takes them from Moses and all of the prophets. Goes through all of the scriptures, which they had at that time, the Old Testament. And he shows them how everything that happened to him had to happen to fulfill the Old Testament. Seemed to them chaotic and crazy and that things were out of control. But this was God's means of saving us. Who ever would have thought that this would be the way that God could save us? To have his own son come take human flesh. And then on the cross, take our sins upon himself. God punish our sins in his own son on the cross and in turn give us his righteousness. Who would have ever thought this? God's ways are not our ways, but his ways are always good and right. And so when we see the stuff going on in our lives today, we need to remember that God is in control. His ways are not our ways, but his ways are always good and right. And we're reminded uh, in uh, Romans 8, 28, God is working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so with this in mind, we need to remember we don't need to fear. When uh, Martin Luther uh, would go through some very trying times, he would turn to Melanchthon and say, let's sing the 46th. <laughs> and so we need to be reminded uh, from the 46th Psalm um, uh, just a you know, similar situation to what, what we're in and what are we supposed to do? What did they do during these difficult times? He says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with surging. Everything's going crazy. The river, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. 
God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We don't have to fear. We've got a God who is our fortress. And so we're reminded of uh, kind of this, this truth, I think, with the uh, first question, the Heidelberg Catechism. You see it here uh, in the uh, outline or bulletin, whatever we want to call it, that I gave you. And so I want us to respond to the question together. I'll read the question, then we'll all respond. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood, and has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation because I belong to him. Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. Lord, we thank you that you are in control. We thank you that uh, um, even though we don't always understand your ways, your ways are not our ways, but yet, Lord, your ways are always good and right, and that we can trust in that. Even when uh, the, the, uh, the storms roll and the sea is in turmoil and the, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Lord, you are still in control and you are our refuge. And we can gain a great deal of strength and comfort from that, knowing that um, you, are, you have provided for all of our greatest needs and that you will, in fact, uh, eternally bring salvation to us through the work of Christ Jesus. I pray that you would remind us of this uh, over and over again this week as we might be tempted to uh, fear. Uh, Lord, keep us from it. Keep us from uh, always looking to you as the one who protects and guides and keeps us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen.